0: Welcome to Was That Really Necessary, the podcast where we explore remakes, reboots, sequels, and prequels by weighing them against the originals and asking, was that really necessary? I'm Zach Buell, and with me is my co-host Paul Abichon. Paul, how are you now?
1: I'm great, I'm great.
0: All right. Uh, Well, if you haven't heard this before, and it would be amazing because then you'd be from the future, so tell me, you know, how I die. Um, We watch a movie and then this is either its reboot or remake, or if it's a sequel or prequel that was made 10 years after the most recent offering in the franchise. When it's clear producers or studios want to introduce a property to a new audience like that, we want to dive in and figure out if it was for artistic or monetary reasons. I mean, can it even really be done right? I guess we'll figure it out together as we go through this. So, today we are looking at Dread and Judge Dread. So, um, if anybody doesn't know anything about these movies, which would be, I, I don't understand how you would not know about these movies at this point. Um, <laughs> Judge Dread came out in 1995 and it is starring uh sylvester stallone
1: rob schneider who is is this movie not starring for 1995 (laughs) it is everyone this
0: movie has it all everybody is in this movie it is insane i don't
1: know what to tell you guys this movie has it had a budget of 70 million with an m million dollars in 1995
0: (laughs) and like Uh, 40 of that had to be stallone's fucking salary oh, right <laughs> it, it, uh, it,
1: it, the ego alone i think took 40 40 billion on this movie just that <laughs> uh and, and if you want a little bit of reference as to where that is today that's 117 million dollars if you transferred that to today uh 117 million dollars to make um the the movie uh judge dread so yeah
0: that is that is insane Um, So I sat down and watched this movie. And this was something that you and I discussed earlier. And I wanted to kind of save it for the podcast. But I had never watched this movie before. Um, And I consider myself a (laughs) bit of a movie buff. So it was kind of interesting. But the funny thing is, is, I thought I had watched this movie before. So I was sitting watching this movie. And about 15 or 20 minutes into the movie, I just thought to myself, when does Wesley Snipes show up? (laughs) <laughs> and i had the immediate realization that i totally thought this was demolition man
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i've seen demolition man several times and was very confused that there was no uh no sandra bullock no uh benjamin bratt and then watching it i reali- had the realization was like oh no this was the other shitty 90s sci-fi movie that yeah. stallone was in uh, i can't wait uh, till they remake that it. one
1: Oh, man. But so you... that
0: was how, it seriously was like 20 minutes into that movie when it made me realize, like, I've never seen this before. I was thinking of Demolition Man.
1: The first thing I I thought of right off the bat was, is this being married by fucking Darth Vader? It sure shit is. First note in there,
0: starts with a long voiceover, bad sign. Next thing, is that James Earl Jones?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, 1995, he's, he, I mean, let's be honest, It's James Earl Jones? No matter, yeah. it, voice work him golden. So uh, get off to a good start. Like you're, you're kind of like okay. Yeah, we well, yeah.
0: got something going here. Good start because it's a good narration. But bad sign right away that there's got to be enough voiceover to like establish it. Like that's usually not a great sign. Although
1: to be fair, and when we get to it, dread starts with. A very similar voice over. yes again i will say different time though 1995 yeah. there's it's a comic book movie that's you, true you, there's that's a true. lot of setup there no one can google the, the plot line beforehand
0: and not a hugely popular comic it, book.
1: exactly at that exactly um i mean it wasn't a marvel i think it was like an offshoot of dc correct me i could be i don't recall wrong. who published Fact check me on that because i'm wrong yeah um, well, and like basically some... just just look up some bullshit that yeah. i'm spitting out
0: well uh, no, <laughs> one of the interesting things so this comes if anybody doesn't know no, this comes from 2008 that was the comic Correct. judge dread is a main character in there but not the only character of this um this i mean this comic was start. i don't remember who started writing it it's carlos vasquez and somebody else they're, they're credited with the main story credits for this um but uh it has had runs in this comic by none other than alan moore garth ennis grant morrison and mark millar so if, and if you don't know comic books like those guys are Legit. Alan Moore obviously famously wrote Watchmen and V for Vendetta. Um, Mark Millar wrote the Wanted uh, um, series, which was you know later made into a shitty movie. Yep. Uh, and he's he's now gotten oh and um, Kick Ass. That was Mark Millar. Yep. And, and say, Garth Ennis wrote Preacher, which is now currently yep. a great TV show on there. And great it has, artwork has had a few. And he and that same artist have had some yes. amazing runs on the Punisher. Actually, they've done a couple of those. Just fantastic. Yeah. Anything they touch, as far as that. Yeah 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 and then grant morrison is just he's written a a, a ton of stuff too so like this this comic in terms of comics is just You know, that's probably A League. Like this is pretty pretty high up. But again, ninety five. No no, it's a a totally
1: different realm of comic books. You were today you're cool when you wear the Spider Man shirt. Mm -hmm. You were ninety five, you were getting your ass kicked for liking X Men the Animated Series. So it's a totally so it's yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a totally different world when we talk about nineteen ninety five and when this movie came out. Mm -hmm. I mean so again, you start off with James Earl Jones. Mm -hmm. Like fucking great start. James Earl Jones, Darth Vader. The, the old man from Sandlot yeah. is, is is starting us off. And then fucking Rob Schneider. I'd, I'm done. Like, at that point, I mean...
0: So, uh, as a side note, too, fun little fact, and I think I talked to you about this before, too, but the uh, Computer Central is voiced by Adrienne Barbeau, which was a nice little... Nice little nod out there to other people in there. Um, I wrote down one of my first things in here, too, written down after, you know, lamenting that it was James Earl Jones, um, was that the the special effects really aren't that terrible in that first scene. They've got the shot of the guy out looking out at the wasteland. The thing comes in there. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, like 95. You know, this is post-Jurassic Park. Maybe they kind of figured it out. Um, almost immediately, they get so much worse. And then when we get to the bike scene, which was just three and a half minutes God-awful green screen and computer
1: animation, like, st- stop it. Did not yeah. need to happen. Did, did not the, the law masters The Lawmasters didn't function. No, They were just no, like no. Chuck E. Cheese motor s- bikes <laughs> that you pop a quarter in and with a green, <laughs> slap a green screen the on little them. horses outside yeah. of a grocery store you <laughs> like go. Pretty much,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I did note, too, there was something that I, I noticed throughout the series, but it was definitely evident right away. The score is really, like, oddly upbeat. It's almost a little like Jurassic Park. It's Star Alan Silver Yeah. Yeah. It's just it was it was an odd choice for such a a, a dark like kind of sci-fi movie, which then immediately shifts into strange buddy cop comedy stuff. Whoa. Which we
1: all know that we can thank Sly Stone for uh, <laughs> yes, the exactly. the the want of a buddy cop Judge Dredd. Yeah, um,
0: this was. Fam- I mean, we're not the first ones to cover this, but the, this was famously. Um, the, the entire set was, was famously fraught with peril Because the director of this movie uh, Really, really desperately wanted to make He was a huge fan of Judge Dredd And really wanted to make a serious Judge Dredd movie His name was Danny Cannon um, He had done a Young Americans Which was a Harvey Keitel movie And a Bjork music video That was like it <laughs> prior to directing this um, he did later do I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, not the original, the sequel, the sequel. Uh, and then a bunch of TV shows. And he, <laughs> I thought this this was fucking hilarious, um, he turned down, turned down Die Hard with a Vengeance to direct this movie. Mm. He could have directed Die Hard with a Vengeance, which, far superior movie, regardless of whether you think that it's a good Die Hard film or not. Um, so... Yeah, he, he was he famously fought with uh Sylvester Stallone because Stallone wanted it to be much more comedy. This guy wanted it to be much darker. He had it was originally an NC-17 yeah. rating um which then got, you know, like trimmed down and uh so he so much so that he swore off working with big stars ever again. And for those
1: and for those who don't know cuz I mean, obviously we, we hate to refer to the comic books in reference to we're trying to talk about two movies here, but in the comic books, Judge Dredd never takes off his helmet. At no point in the comic book has he ever taken off that helmet. 16 that's... minutes and 30 seconds into the movie.
0: Never to be put on again.
1: Yes. <laughs> that He only wore the helmet for the very... So that's kind of where you look at Stallone's ego when we joke about his ego made $40 million. he had the perfect jowl line like garth ennis comic book uh, again sorry to reference but the jowl line the what could have been some decent dialogue which we will delve into later (laughs) uh it 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 was just his ego like it it could it it could have been something when it came to that but that's my biggest like right off the bat like you said 16 Six. minutes 30,
0: 30 seconds I made made note of when he took it off and then I was trying to watch to see if he ever put it back on he, he fucking doesn't he just yeah. doesn't um I'm gonna
1: say I'm just gonna throw <laughs> this out there there are a lot of helmets worn
0: there are just now, not by him and do you know some Diane co- Lane actually puts it on to ride on the back of the motorcycle yes. at one point it's like ooh, proper safety do well you done.
1: notice how clean Everyone's helmet is like for as dirty and trashy. Just again, something that we're gonna talk about at some point when you compare (laughs) these two movies, because that's you know what we're doing. But the Mm -hmm. the the costumes, they were clean, it's like they were it's like they were NFL players getting a new jersey every game. Yeah. Walking in with a brand new everything. (laughs) Like, come on, man. Just just come on. Yeah.
0: Um, I did notice too that like so, as we mentioned, you know, like Stallone wanted this to be a buddy cop movie, um, and so he brings in Rob Schneider. Um, it, there were so many points in the movie where there you could tell, you could just like feel the tension between the director and Stallone because you would watch this really intense, like, the very opening is a, it's a very serious riot happening, people are. Dying on the streets, and Rob Schneider is doing these stupid little one liners in there. It's like, this is just so tonally all over the place. And that, that was four minutes into the movie. Just, it's like, just you, nothing was. I, I didn't, you didn't know where anything
1: was going. It was just weird. Yeah, he, the whole, uh, yeah, Rob Schneider, come on. <laughs> right off the bat, he, him and Dexter's dad are fighting. I don't yep. remember. It's that guy <laughs> in that one thing, but yep. him and Dexter's dad, it was what we'll call him, is fighting, and. It is. It's just quirky one-liners. It's cli- yeah. I like think in my notes here. I have cliché written 20 times. It's <laughs> <sighs> well. you told me something interesting too that this was like what right off the heels of him. Yes. Like ru- this was the first thing he did post Saturday night live. So this was like his <laughs> first like I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you SNL and I'm going to make it big by if I may, fucking nailed it just just rob. again nothing nothing is inherently against rob schneider there is a place in hollywood for rob schneider i do not want him showing up at my house later if he ever hears this but not not in this
0: so um i have also in here i mean we'll talk about this too because one of the things we want to do when we get to the end when we're comparing and contrasting the two movies is to talk about the cast um there is a legitimate cast in the 95 i mean i already mentioned diane lane Um, obviously Stallone and Rob Schneider Uh, two of the main like uh, judges on the judge panel are Max von Sydow and Jürgen Prochnow both show up you know like Max von Sydow is in everything if you don't know who he is he's the old German man that appears in everything in every
1: single movie ever known to
0: mankind that had an old German man in it exactly and if it isn't him it's the other one is Jürgen Prochnow he's the other one that shows up he was in Das Boot Um, and I I wrote one of my first notes says Jürgen Prochnow you're better than this and then later in the movie I wrote
1: maybe you're not better than this. <laughs> oh and then we get uh we get the hillbilly version of scott wilson mate scott wilson herschel from the, yeah, the walking dead I, may he rests in peace with yeah. all due respect yep um again it, outside of the walking dead he he's been a classic actor since i believe this c- 60s yeah he's been uh, in everything he's been in a lot he's a character actor he's he's very well, no name. And again, just to show up as a random Christian in this one, Hillbilly, again, a, a character. hillbilly. I, yeah. I will point out <laughs> that uh, the Angel family is from the comic book. They did stay true to that in a sense. Well, um, and a lot of the characters are from the
0: comics. Correct. It's
1: just not the, in this one. Yes. Yeah, and they just did, didn't, didn't really,
0: aside from taking characters, that was about, and then the yeah. settings. That was about it.
1: Yep. Yep, I mean uh, the Diane, Lane char- Diane Lane's character, Judge Hershey, yeah. is from the comic books. She's yeah. a known character. Most of the judges do appear, and uh, oh, you know who we didn't for oh man, classic childhood actor Armand Asante.
0: Oh, we haven't even gotten to Mr. Armand yet because there's- <laughs> I was gonna say we haven't gotten there. No, I actually, I, I you're you're right. I know who you're gonna say, so go ahead and say it. Oh,
1: <laughs> he he had such. I don't. I want to know. <laughs> I I want to meet him someday. But Balthazar Getty was in this, and that. Was pretty much the end of like big budget movies for him. I think so. Yeah,
0: I had to look that up. He has done nothing since Judge Dredd, and this was 1995. Again, just so we're clear on that. So, things have taken a, a move for the worst for poor balthazar um Yeah, I. So yeah, I have in there. Just going back to Scott Wilson, my um, <laughs> my, my notes just say rednecks colon, and then in all caps, holy shit, it's Herschel. <laughs> Um His son is Ewan Bremner. Yeah. From Train Spotting. Um, for anybody who doesn't know that. And many other many other movies. Future um,
1: episodes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then uh Christopher Adamson, uh, Mean Machine. I tried to look him up. I recognized him from a couple of bit things, but he was great as Mean Machine. Like he was so he was my I think he was my favorite character, and then, you know, R.I.P., spoilers, sorry, he, he dies, stolen, kills him.
1: Yeah, um, I, have to say so, I have to say something nice about even this shittiest movie that yeah. we watch, and that was actually one of my big things, was Mean Machine was, I thought the costume was done well for the times. Yeah. I thought the character was played well. Yeah. Um, I, that whole scene is actually the only redeeming quality, in my opinion. The whole scene, <laughs> the only redeeming quality in this whole film. In my, in my opinion, I mean,
0: I I probably don't disagree with you actually. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so ju- sorry. You know what we did? We kind of started talking about this. We didn't really talk about like the the plot of this, and that's actually a little tough because there's there's not much plot to Judge Dread. It is really all over the place. Um, essentially judge Dredd is in in this the stallone version is uh, he is going around he's he arrests rob schneider right at the beginning he's kind of just going about his judgely duties and then as it turns out there's a conspiracy against him um where armand asante um is unfrozen from or is he is he unfrozen? Is that what it was? I can't no. He's in he's just in a prison. That's right. Yeah,
1: he's in a prison. He's
0: in a prison. They used to be
1: they used to be um, they were partners together.
0: Yeah. yeah, you kind of start to discover that. Um, you know, Stallone mentioned something about having a friend once, and then he he judged him, and I was like, does that mean he killed him? But because again, I hadn't seen this movie. Uh, but no, it just means he actually put him in jail. Uh, and then you find out um, throughout all this that uh, Armando Santé is his brother slash clone slash genetically yep. engineered something. I don't really know. Yeah, he's a clone of their. Cl- Clones. Yeah, they're that's clones. what it is. Um so and then Armando Sante gets out and starts killing people and blaming um, he frames Judge Dread for it and Dread is trying to clear his name. At, at its core that's essentially what's going on. Yep. There's a few other subplots with like them trying to get these clones. Um Jurgen Prochnow turns out to be evil, so there's that whole thing yeah. that goes on there. But too. like Judge
1: Dread is only Judge Dread in this movie for like 15 20 minutes yeah. and then he's a fugitive. The whole fucking movie. I
0: mean, I think you could argue that he's only judged Dredd for 16 minutes and 30 seconds, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then his mask comes off. Not that we were keeping track. Um, but, and mind uh, you, his
1: brother. This is this is this is a plot from the comic books. Yes, Rico, yeah, his Rico brother, Sante's character. This is again another at least a plus to the movie. Yes, is that these are yeah main characters from the comic books. Again, I think in my opinion, good idea. Yeah. Freaking horrible execution. Just
0: terrible. Well, and we should talk about this, like, I almost called him Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger was rumored to have been interested in the script, but didn't want to (laughs) because he would have to keep his mask on, or his helmet on the whole time. So he turned it down and went to Stallone. Um, Stallone is is chewing the fucking scenery here. I mean, like, he better get some dental work done afterwards. And I thought that was going to be the most ridiculous thing until Armando Sante started just... Like Mama birding it back to Stallone. Basically, he was that's, chewing it so hard. Um, so and then it, I found out later that Armando Santé actually like studied Stallone because I thought I actually have in my notes. is like, is he just doing a Stallone impression? He he was. Is the funny thing? He was actually just basically doing a Stallone impression
1: throughout all this. Yeah, just it's so ridiculous. And again, I, it just goes back to the ego. It goes back to the ego of the the actor. Um yeah, I just didn't uh they Armando <laughs> Santi was just uh uh just as bad in my opinion. He was kind of a hot actor at the time, kind of sort of this but he, was But he wasn't really like
0: I I, I made this note in here too. I I was thinking of this. It was like he was Armand big Arman in the Asante, TV movie scene. Yeah, Armando Santé is one of those guys that I know his name and immediately recognized it, and then realized I can't name a fucking thing he's in. Uh, I don't know why I know him. He's like uh, he's he's a he's a fucking. Um, what, he was like, Gotti,
1: yeah, in the big TV yeah. movie, and then he was um, Ulysses, in or he was in the Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, the big TV movie and both right off the tails of this.
0: Yeah, it, it, but like he, like I just, I just know his name. I can't honest to God say I know really anything about him but he's just one of those names that I remember from my Rolls childhood. Rolls off your tongue, Armando, uh, Armando Sante. Armando Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's absolutely crazy.
1: I only, um, I wrote the only other short Italian actor they could find.
0: <laughs> yeah, which sliced Stallone had to be shot in forced perspective in weird ways a couple of times to make it seem like he was towering over people but he, really wasn't that was that i thought was really funny um one of the things (laughs) that i wrote down too is he at one point, Armand Asante goes to uh, get some of his stuff back. That uh, He breaks out of prison and he goes to find his stuff. And he goes into this shop and he finds this really old robot that they mentioned was
1: uh, 60 years. Is that what it was? Yeah, they said everything. Every They didn't say specifically for that robot, but yeah. they said everything in this room was 50 to 60 years old. Gotcha. So I at first had always, again, I saw this in 95, yeah. had always been very upset with that robot. Like, we have flying cars and you bring me this clunky hunk of crap and here we are it was explained to me after probably watching it to be honest with you probably way more times than i'm willing to admit um and i had the, I had the exact opposite reaction now,
0: partially probably because i am looking at this in the lens of like i never saw this in 95 so i'm looking at this getting really excited i just wrote down immediately it was like those robots fucking rule and then i just keep coming back to that robot every time he's in a scene i can't stop watching it um, part of it is just because my love for horror I will always love practical effects that are there on the screen and those were a little clunky but they were still practical effects it was a, it was an interesting looking robot I just I laughed my ass off um, the one thing that I will uh, point out is that like every time I saw that robot I, I just got excited and I would just write it down like <laughs> I love this robot. It's it's all over throughout here. So I, every time, I, The robot the robot is the best. All I'm hating. Right
1: there. I'm hating on the robot. I'm hating on the robot hard. Uh, We're fighting. We're fighting now. The very end the the fight scene where this robot swings at like half a mile an hour and yet is like knocking these people that are supposed to be trained judges. Like this is what they do, and this little thing is just like, and it's so weak that that again rob schneider could jump on its back ride it like a brocking a a bull and rip all the cables out by the way this is how the monster dies spoiler uh (laughs) fucking rob schneider does this not uh, tom hardy not (laughs) not chris evans uh not iron man himself nope rob schneider jumps on the back of a giant Iron Man rips it to shreds and walks out in a stretcher. I did write in all caps: Rob Schneider should die.
0: <laughs> so I should point out this is after this is when uh, Dread and Schneider have to break back into the city after Dread has been exiled. This is post um, him very doing the slowest getaway from the rednecks that I've ever seen uh and everything going on they get back into the city they uh you know figure out that they're they were being framed they're going to fight armando sante and um proc now and everybody uh my one counterpoint to what you were just talking about so you're talking about the robot being very slow very clunky i agree it is it is hilariously kind of stupid looking um (laughs) my one point and i wrote this down (laughs) i wrote it in all caps the robot is the best because he shoots Rob Schneider <laughs> so I think everything you said is invalidated that fucking robot had it out and tried he did his best to kill Rob fucking Schneider well, they did no one a, else did
1: no they gave it they gave it a good facial expression yeah they did uh, it did mean mug the shit out of you um, while we're kind of on the end scene you know kind of we're just explaining this movie as we go it came oh, out yeah. 95 yeah. if you need a breakdown there's what Wikipedia is for yeah um I wrote Lady Fight was so weak. Oh, there's a yeah. lady fight at the end. They just like Joan Chen and Diane Lane just trade like three punches, <laughs> fall over, and then there's like a half-ass roundhouse kick by Joan Chen. Surprise, they gave the roundhouse to the Asian lady. <laughs> um and then these robot clone, they're clones that when they move, like, they're supposed to be clones of Armand Asante slash Sloan, like, release the clones. (laughs) And they sound, like, one of them moved, and it, like, made a robot sound. And then another one moved, and it made a Velociraptor sound. So they saw, I have, like, Velociraptor robot clones, and I am so confused.
0: Yeah, um, that that whole, so the sound effects, uh, one of the first things when you're introduced to um, Dread is... Uh, he has the voice activated gun it's so his gun he can shoot it but then he can change the rounds for his gun by saying you know like uh, what does he say Uh, double double shot or whatever the hell it is i can't remember that's my that's my amazing um stallone impression um but what is what does he say there they uh anyway he he's shooting it and oh double whammy that's what it is double whammy (laughs) says that he shoots it and ends up shooting two people that's what double whammy is um this is something that they carry over to dread too which was from the comics that's ripped straight from the comics um but one of the things i noted is that when he does the double shot it sounds like a fucking like video game sound effect it's like you know it doesn't it doesn't actually sound like a gunshot when it hits him it's so so weird that it's just odd um i did note (laughs) that he says i am the law twice, and Rob Schneider does an impression of Sylvester Stallone saying, I am the law. Every time, just handing it, hamming it up. He says, I knew you'd say that three different times throughout the movie to people when he would say, what is your, how do you plead? Well, I'm innocent. Uh, I didn't do it.
1: I and knew you'd, you'd say that. that. Like he I, says that three times. I just have cliche. Again, I, <laughs> I have it here so many times. And, and Maybe this is, again, it's 95, so I did try and I watched this movie multiple times. Once as... Just, hey, I need a refresher. Once I took some serious notes. And the one I did try and put myself into 1995. Yeah. Like, what was hot? It was Neon Batman's. It was the uh, the beginnings of serious cinema comic book movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the effects were good for the they, time. They weren't. They, they wavered back and forth. Yeah. But the, the, the dark, gritty... Like, let's have gritty suits and have a dark theme really wasn't going on. This was more, it was in line, in my opinion, with what was going on for the time. Watching it today, you're like, wow, this is yeah. you know, this is garbage. But Yeah,
0: and that, I think part of that, too, is the tone. Like, half of it is dark, half of it is buddy cop, it's all stupid. Um, one interesting fact that I did find out, and you may have seen this, too, but um, Versace, Giovanni Versace did the original designs for it that were actually eventually rejected, um, just before he passed away. So it was interesting that, uh, Versace, uh, did, did the original costume design. Yikes.
1: Not, and nothing against Versace, but it's no. Yeah. So, um, i want to get into
0: the writers of this i mentioned before you know like it's just some with some random trivia because i think we should probably switch over to talking about dread um but ultimately i mean if if you want my opinion of this movie it's it's awful it is just bad um there is tonally all over the place it is not even for like the time was it very good like special effects it was just it's it is a i guess i'll conclude by saying i think it's kind of a beautiful train wreck i would highly recommend you watch it just because it's awful um but you know what What are your thoughts on the movie? Just before we move on to Dread, This <laughs> movie was terrible. It was,
1: it was, it was nothing that it was. It could have been a lot, and it was just horrible. Um, a couple
0: of things to note about this: this was written by um, William Wisher who was co-written by William Wisher and Stephen D'Souza. William Wisher has done basically nothing. He wrote some minor, it says, like, script work on Terminator and Terminator 2, uh, and then he would eventually write Exorcist the Beginning, which is potential fodder for us because it was a, a kind of a weird reboot of that series. It's terrible. Um, Stephen D'Souza, though, it is worth noting, if you guys, he's hes a bit of a... Um, he, at the time, this guy was, the like, the hottest fucking writer. Um, just to give you an idea of what this guy was coming into this movie. He had written 48 Hours, Commando, The Running Man, Die Hard, another 48 Hours, Die Hard 2. And then it starts to waver a little bit. He he writes this, he writes Hudson Hawk, he writes The Flintstones, Beverly Hills Cop 3, and then we're starting to go into Straight Up Downhill, where he wrote Street Fighter and Tomb Raider 2, the second Tomb Raider movie with Angelina Jolie in it. So this guy rises just this huge, amazing rising
1: star, and then man does he come back down to earth really quickly with writing some of this crap. I think Judge Dread did not do well for. I honestly, I mean, outside of the character actors, you know, yeah. I consider Stallone a character actor because. Oh yeah, absolutely. If it's not, yeah, if it's not a Rocky, a Rambo, or an Expendables, he hasn't done anything. I mean, not, don't do not denigrate Cliffhanger. That was, I think this was, this was post cliffhanger. I believe it was. I used to love Uh, that movie watching. uh, Diane Lane won. (laughs) Diane Lane. She She wins. Oh, yeah. As far as where she is today, um, she's the the winner. Her and
0: maybe (laughs) Max von Sydow because he still acts in everything. Yes. So, and yeah. Um, some interesting people that were turned down, that turned down roles in this movie. Uh, Christopher Walken turned down the role of Rico, which good God, that could have been amazing. Um, in a terrible terrible way like I said Arnold Schwarzenegger turned it down because the helmet would stay on uh Joe pesci turned down Rob Schneider's role and that was what prompted Stallone to call Schneider and was like hey you should do this with me and the Cohen brothers turned down directing this movie as they should have. as they should have I mean that's yeah that's that's it um, dodge bullet there yeah uh, like you said budget was like 70 million um box office take for this guy 34 6. million U.S., 113 million worldwide. Um, So, obviously, huge bomb here in the U.S. Made some money back worldwide That's still, for as much as I'm sure they marketed this, and I bet Stallone had some sort of take in the box office, like, this movie did not make, yeah, um, did not make money. And there are also figures that, I mean, you mentioned budget of 70 million. There's also figures that have it probably, possibly more around, like, 90 million-ish? Because they think there were a lot of reshoots and things like that. So I was trying to be this, I was this, trying this, to give them some credit. Yeah, this was this was a flop. Um, a couple other just randomly interesting things. Uh, <laughs> or actually, just one really uh, that I wanted to just point out before we move on to Dread. Uh, Diane Lane refused to do a nude scene in this, not because she didn't want to do a nude scene, but because she knew it would be the locker room scene, which did feel a little odd that it wasn't nude especially in the 90s for like this kind of movie um but she turned it down because in the locker room scene she was worried that her ass would be compared to sylvester stallone's and he had a much better ass than she did so she literally refused to do it because she thought his ass would outstage hers well
1: that is an argument for a different podcast um <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna respectfully disagree there i mean i would have disagreed too but this is her this is her and that's why it. she did hey. it <laughs>
0: um all right let's uh let's move on to dread now let's um i think dread is is a much easier there's there's an actual plot here um that is really easy to just be able to encompass uh dread judge dread again is in mega city one all these um it's from from boston to dc has become one giant mega city and he is a judge which is out there uh, patrolling the streets and at one point they get a distress call to uh, for a triple homicide to one of the megacity's huge uh, apartment complexes, where they say, "What do they say? Like seventy or eighty thousand people live in yeah. one apartment complex." Yep. Um, triple homicide there. He's training a new recruit. They go to investigate it. Turns out it is the heart of a big drug ring uh, for mama who is the uh, main uh, bad baddie of this uh, particular movie Played for dread. L- yeah, Lena Headey. Lena Headey, amazing. Um, you know, if you guys uh, watch Game of Thrones, you know who she is. Um, and they are then trapped in the building, uh, with these, uh, gang members and they have to fight their way out. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really it. You guys ever we'll play like, a video
1: game where you have to fight your way through levels to get yeah. to a boss? That is the entire movie. That I is have, the movie. I have the, pl- I have in my notes, the plot is a video game, fight levels to beat boss.
0: It, it, it's, it's. Relative to the other one, where I couldn't even begin to explain—I mean, I gave a terrible plot explanation of it—but the, the plot is terrible. The previous one, this one is super easy to to um to do. So, um, my first note: oh, good, another voiceover right away, instantly. But this time, it's done by Carl Urban, yep. who plays Dread, who does not remove his helmet for the At entire all. movie. Through
1: the entire movie, this this Just, actor had enough. Curious to to just keep his helmet on and yep. stay true to the the comic book.
0: Um, one of the things that I noted too right away is in the first scene, it's a to kind of establish the character of Judge Dread. He is chasing some criminals through uh, some traffic. And initially, it's just them doing some drugs and kind of doing some erratic driving. So he's getting ready to pull them over. Um, they get freaked out because they have drugs. This new drug called Slow Mo, which is a main plot point of the movie. that's the It makes everything slow motion down to about 1% of its actual speed when the yeah. user takes it. Um, and then one of the criminals, as they're driving away, uh, they run over a pedestrian. And then suddenly becomes homicide. And now Dredd has to use lethal force to take them down. Yes, um, It was... A much more interesting way of introducing the character you get to see dread in a just a lot more um he, he's not just standing there dodging dodging bullets by standing on a from a riot scene like right. he's he's a
1: badass like an action scene instead of him just standing and shouting at people. But they're actually like those so those lawmasters which sorry the the master is the motorcycles that the judges yes. drive. Yeah, they are actually riding functioning lawmasters like they worked. and it's actually Carl Urban yes. riding it. He did his own stunts riding the the motorcycles in this which again just uh, more more props to him for doing this movie mm-hmm. um i do have in my notes and we can talk about this later that you know shame on you know stallone i mean not everybody can be tom hardy and carry a movie without <laughs> showing your face um <laughs> but uh it, as far as carl urban goes i mean yeah right off the bat they just catch you with what a um bad ass this guy is and really how much he's willing to just shoot you in the face right then and there because because he is the motherfucking law yeah well and
0: he it, it, it's 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 perfectly encompassed because so he kills those guys um and they they actually introduce the voice controls into the gun there again mm-hmm. um they do it a lot better than he does uh and he has uh, um Another great introduction to his character is when they're introducing the they're, they're giving him the um, Olivia Thurlby, uh, who is the, the trainee character, yep. Anderson, who he always just calls rookie except for three times throughout the movie. <laughs> um, but they're introducing her and they mention that she's. So she has psychic abilities. and that's why they want her to kind of go through and that she had failed her initial exam and she said, they say the line, she was only three points below passing, so it's marginal and he just looks at her and says, she still failed. So it's a great way to show just, like, hey, dude, like, I'm Judge Dredd. Like, she's not going to cut it. You know, like, this shit doesn't, doesn't fly with me. So it's a, it's a really good introduction of the character, like you said. shows you, you, the first few scenes of him you see are him chasing somebody down in a dull, badass way. He's going through the, you know, motions of killing somebody. Not going through the motions, but he's killing somebody. <laughs> killing several people. And then
1: has this total hard-ass, you know, like, she still failed. It's way. just a more subtle way of going about it. It's not, I am the law. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, we get it, dude. You're the law. You're the judge. That's they, they's what you do. Uh, it's a more subtle, which again, is just a more dark way of doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the, again, I go back to the costumes. For some reason, the, the costumes, the helmets, they're not campy. You can tell that they've, Actually, the costume department did a little bit of work to make them look worn, to make them look like they've been actually out in the field doing some stuff, rather than... D- I just, Dred's I, helmet has, like, scratches and stuff in yes. it. Yes. Like, he has, he has, yeah, he has, like, scars on his helmet, essentially. Exactly, exactly. It makes them look like they've actually been out in the field chasing bad guys and being judges, rather than just... I don't know, like I said, they look like... they. The other ones, they're NFL players, so everything's just brand new, jersey, brand new shiny every day. Like that's not how this works, man. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, the mama is not in the original comics. No, she's a new character. Um, but the the slow mo, the scenes when they take this thing, so it's it, it is a dark movie. Yeah. It, the it tones are very dark, very very violent, which I'm cannot wait to delve into. But <laughs> when that scene though is so different from the movie when they they take this slow-mo for those who haven't seen it through an inhaler um which is actually a great visual too because it's 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 a clear
0: piece that is it's it's a standard looking inhaler the plastic piece but where the 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 cartridge in it is clear so when they press it it's a black and clear liquid that suddenly kind of mix and slosh around together so even that part of it is visual and yes. then they get into the actual
1: slow-mo piece and and everything slows I mean it is it is really cool they slow everything down like you know about 1% um throughout the whole movie whether it's bullets <laughs> flying through people's faces crashing a car which is the opening scene you see them take the slow-mo it's nothing but bright lights flashy colors everything's got done really really well um and it just kind of sets a tone for this really, really dark, dark undertones of the movie and then this kind of bright, oh, slow-mo's amazing. Yeah. Um, so you kinda get an idea without getting an idea how addictive this could be, you know, living in these dark, nasty apartments, how something like this can really form that mafia where we see it in today's culture with the drug epidemics and yeah. things like that. Um, I I really liked just kind of right off the bat, they made that contrast uh, which made the drug obviously feel more appealing and how someone like mama can cause for those again plot here um, they do dive into mama took over three rival gangs when in basically yep. they just show this scene where she's just killing people left and right and she is vicious and uh, she's not messing around and it's kind of interesting to see how she can take this over with this drug um I know this is a little deep for this, but uh I, I, I liked this cinematic part of it where it was bright flashy colors.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, it, it's not just slowing it down then too because everything gets enhanced. It's almost, it's much more, it's depicted as a very like slow motion, almost acid trip type of thing. It, it depicted that way because the colors get more vibrant. Everything kind of um, happens around that too. I did also find it, I, I loved it when there's a slow motion scene where ultra violence happens in slow motion. People are getting shot um, and there's amazing shots of like, there's like a fat guy with a shirt off, and he gets shot, and the, you see the bullet going, which is CGI'd. Um, but then his his um, skin ripples, his fat ripples throughout that. And I actually read up that um, they actually accomplished that via physical means of just straight up taking a high pressure um, like air hose and shooting it at him, <laughs> so that awesome. way it would make their flesh ripple. Um, the way it did, and then they just CGI'd in a bullet afterwards. So that was, it, it was just cinematically, it's like already the the five minutes we've spent describing this shows the care that none of which went into the original Judge Dredd <laughs> at all.
1: Exactly, and that's really, you know, <laughs> a lot of what we're talking about is the difference between the two. I mean, the time and effort it took into making probably minutes worth of if you combine them all together, scenes here yeah. where they're on this slow-mo, um, it's really cool. It's very visually stimulating, um, whereas I do have the there's the rest of it's kind of boring as far as visually stimulating. It's, yeah, it's I mean, very it's, dark. It's very grimy, gray, gray- tones, some brown yep. tones in there, very neutral colors, which yeah. isn't bad.
0: But no, it's just it's, the way it is. It's definitely good for the aesthetic of the movie. If this were a different movie that wasn't going for that, that didn't kind of match the aesthetic of the comic like that, it, it would be a real detriment to it. But this actually it works pretty well with this movie um it's shot very well even if the colors palette is kind of boring um i also found it interesting like mama's um the the main villain lena headley her introduction and then like portrayal of the character versus rico rico is this huge over the top you know chewing the scenery type of thing from Armand sante mama's level is just this calm serene they introduce her by talking about how she was a prostitute that gets her face cut up, can't work prostitution anymore, goes back to her pimp that did it to her, and bites his dick off. Yeah. And that's how she ends up taking over stuff. And it's all done with this weird, eerie, calm, dead-eyed stare that she has. And her, her entirety of the movie is just her being a fucking psychopath yeah. as calm I mean, as can be. And imagine... it's just
1: crazy. Imagine Cersei had a drug gang. Exactly, That's, it, it's it's very similar to her character from Game of Thrones. For people who I'm sure have watched that, um, she's in, she's intense without being intense. Yeah, uh, she's got this little sidekick, um, little skinny red haired kid with long hair. I had to Google it. I actually thought he was one of the older Weasleys from uh, Harry Potter. He was not. Um but the guy who gets his eyes gouged yeah. up. Yeah. Donald Gleason. Yeah. He he was great. Yeah.
0: So he is in Ex Machina, if you yes. haven't seen that. Yep, yep. That is actually Brendan Gleason's son. Brendan Gleason is the man who played Mad Eye Moody in yep. the yep, Harry yep, yep. Potter films. Um he is yeah, D- Donald Gleason. Oh, he's in the new Star Wars films too. He's the the um the crappy colonel or whatever from the from the uh-huh. Empire. Like he's snokes uh made main man or whatever that argues with him he is yeah donald gleason is is great and he is just so well weasley (laughs) in this movie (laughs) he is he's
1: he's fantastic he plays the role well you learn later that yeah at first you don't you just see her gouging some guy's eyes out later this this kid gets judged yeah um it's uh and you find out that, judged by the psychic who finds out that he was been tortured, she lets him go. Yeah. Uh, Judge Dredd is kind of just cool with it. Like, you yeah. kind of see that there's a human side. They, again, not like in the, uh, the the Judge Dread subtleties. Like, yeah. little things like that you see within it, but...
0: Well, and in the very beginning, uh, you know, there's a scene where the rookie and dread are sitting there and uh a guy is getting ready to reach for his gun and the rookie hesitates shooting him eventually she does because she judges him because he was going to kill her um but you see that where she is seen hesitating and then dread is just like you know he's totally black and white about this it's just like that guy was trying to kill you 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 shoot him um and then it comes back around which is interesting that you know like he he kind of does that there's actually another really great scene in there where um so dread and the rookie are locked in they, they pull down like the blast doors in this place and they're locked in and mama gets on because she's taken over this entire you know like city block she gets on the uh the intercom system and tells everybody i want the, i want the judge dead and everybody starts going after dread and rookie to try to kill them and there's this amazing scene um where there are two like kids that see dread and they are, like, they're they're both hesitating to shoot him. They're just like, oh, we should have shot him there. Oh, man, we can't do it. And then they go out and they yell at him. They yell, freeze. And they tell him, just freeze. You know, like, they finally worked up the nerve, but they don't shoot him. And he turns around and he's just like, why? Why should I freeze? And he stands there and he, like, you know, because he knows that these kids aren't going to shoot him. That they're just kind of screwed up. And he ends up just stunning them and leaving them alive going through this. Where not 20 minutes earlier in the movie he is completely black and white and just saying like these people and you you all of a sudden get again there's this weird depth and subtlety to a character that was once just completely fucking black and white and now is all of a sudden just like okay you guys are just your kids you screwed up i'll just i'm stunning you and then we're considering this done go go down (laughs) just these awesome layers of actually creating a character around this yes which is probably on the surface a very one-dimensional character that is actually given a little bit of depth by just some very subtle nuances in there
1: well i think that's really uh, the undertone of this movie because like we mentioned there really isn't a plot uh, other i mean other than they need to get to mama mama has offered a bounty on their heads to anyone who kills them so Mm -hmm. they're fighting through like 70 stories of... 200 stories. 200 is, is, well, well, is the well, total holy, thing. Because they have to go above level 75. Oh, uh, that's the right. One service yeah, elevator. we'll get to that <laughs> shit later. That's where my number 70 came from, because yeah. we're going to discuss that dumbass stuff later. Um, <laughs> but it's basically like, let's just fight our way through the boss. Yeah, there's a bunch of big-ass guns, and of course, you know, three multi-chamber basically bazookas firing at him, and of course, yeah, nobody... Everyone... Everyone on that floor, but the two judges get shot.
0: And their one prisoner at the time, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, the one prisoner, yeah, because you always have to... Thank God it wasn't a Rob Schneider. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it, it, we could have had another, another Fergie situation on our hand here <laughs> where... Yeah, and of course, they have a guy, and it, his big thing is he messes with the psychic by she reads his mind, and he she imagines... She makes him
0: wet herself later. It's, yeah. yeah. It's pretty great.
1: He basically, in the end, tries to fire the gun, blows his hand off, and dies. Yep. Big, dramatic send-off for the guy. Um, yeah, and you talk about the, the,
0: the Gatling gun scene, with those three Gatling guns where they just wipe out an entire floor, basically. It's just... Like, it's 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 super over-the-top and action-y, and I love it. I don't know, I can't help it. Um, but uh, it's it's another great characterization moment for Mama, who is standing there watching all these things happen, and at one point um, she's complaining because she thinks that the people are kind of hesitating, not not concentrating their fire, and she just shoves a dude out of the way and takes over one of the guns and is like, screw you guys, I'm so ruthless, I'm going to fucking take over for you. Yep. <laughs> it's just crazy. And still doesn't shoot them. Nope. Um, still manages to miss them. That was a little ridiculous that everybody else gets mowed down, but what else are you going to do? I
1: mean, it's the main character of a movie, of course. That's what's going to happen. The movie follows the formula. Yeah. I hate to say it. It oh, follows it absolutely the formula because it's not a complex movie. Well, cuz exactly. <laughs> after you get through the gallon guns and you get to the next floor, what what happens next? The other, the backup shows up, right? All yeah. oh, the other judges are here. Fucking awesome, right? Oh no, Crisscross. Of course, all four judges that show up are, you know, in Mama's pocket. They flip the script. They, had, uh, they killed the, the
0: med, there's a guy in the med bay that helps them out, uh, that helps oh, them dread yeah, out. I forgot right about away that guy. He was him. great. Oh, he was great, but they, of course, kill him um, to show because they have to kill an innocent to show that they're really bad. Yeah, Crisscross. Um, I love one one thing that I loved about those criminals though. So these are they. They bring in um, Mama has has paid off four judges that are going to come in, and she's paying them off to try to come in and kill Dread because she and her incompetent idiots can't. Um, my favorite part of this is Dread has mentioned his name a couple times. He at this point has also done his. I he says I am the law once. He does a great speech where he talks through the uh, intercom system to flip it around, and he says Mama it's not the law. I am the law. Yep, and it's not this overwrought thing. It's just a perfect characterization of the line. Exactly. Um, and everybody in the in the thing is just like cool, fuck is Judge Dread? Like no nobody knows who he is. Then when the other judges come in, they all are sitting there like, wait, it's Dread?
1: No, they oh, up you... the, yeah they up it to one million. Yeah. They're like,
0: oh you, you got to pay us a million bucks now to kill this guy. And they're like, she's like, why? What what does it matter? And he they're
1: like, cause it's cause it's Dread. Yeah, she's like, oh do, <laughs> do you, or he asks like, do you know who do you know who this is? And she's like, no. He's like, I do. Yeah, that's so, why basically like I know this is Dread. Like y'all are. And again, it's just the perfect the perfect difference between
0: the two movies because you're introed into Judge Dredd in the original like, Stallone movie. He is literally standing in a in an open um, street being shot at by assault rifles and just standing there doing the traditional, like, they can't hit me from this distance, like, just awful characterization of a shitty action film versus this one where, like, nobody knows who the hell Dredd is. They just want him dead. And then the other lawmen come in and they're like, yeah, y- you guys should be afraid of this guy
1: no meh meh. (laughs) very diehardish
0: yeah um one of the things that i wanted to point out too is that donald gleason as we mentioned he is um kind of this nerdy sort of techie guy that's been watching this um i had this question (laughs) what why don't they use the cameras all the time to check out where they are and that was, like, a thing that kind of bothered me, but then... I here's have drone cameras. The, well, so, I, w- I was curious why they didn't use these cameras more often, because there are clearly cameras all over the place to try to locate where Dredd is, because they keep losing him somehow. Yeah um but i also noticed toward the end i noticed it a couple times and i've rewatched it a couple times now just in certain parts um they do show a lot of the cameras in the foreground of the shot like slightly out of focus and a lot of them are damaged or the um the wires are clearly seen hanging out of there and it kind of makes sense they never mention it but they kind of show it that you're in this super slum stuff probably doesn't work so yeah maybe they just it actually kind of makes sense a little bit. I was, I was, it kind of bugged me throughout the whole thing. Is like, why are they using those fucking cameras? But they figured it out. I feel like they actually kind they explain of... They that, that one, kind of like the a yeah, 70-year-old the, the robot They, for they never me. really fully... They never say it out loud, but yeah. you just see it. If you look in a lot of the scenes, there are cameras
1: in the corner, but they're clearly damaged or, or like the wires are There's a lot out. of subtleties like, in this movie. So there is, Judge I mean, Hershey is. never shows up, except you do see an assignment board. Yep. And yep. She, they, they have Hershey as a name on the assignment board. Yep. Uh, from the comic books, there's a... A gang or a group called the fatties yeah um and which they, is
0: seen in the beginning exactly of
1: dread yeah <laughs> yep they, they, a lot of they they're not um all up in your face about it when it comes to comic book references they don't stay as true in some of those parts to the to the comic book yeah and yeah. i will say the you know it compared when we're comparing the two judge dreads the this alone one stayed more true when it came to Fergie, you know, Rob Schneider was a character, it, it, but not characterized at all like they did in the movie. But correct. still, a character. Nicole same with her. Hershey, same with Rico, same yeah. with uh, the Angel Gang. Like those were On all the other judges. Yeah. Yep. So. Whereas in this one, not so much. Yeah. But they make up for it, which is being better. Like just being sure. just Mama being a better yeah. villain. Yeah. Absolutely. More ruthless. Um, it, and just overall a a more dark true to the essence of the comic book yes. as opposed to yeah. the storyline like i get it i'd rather have more essence than an originality rather than we're just gonna fuck up this comic book a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah so um I guess we'll just try to wrap it up here um, the movie ends with they break in they end up getting to Mama they uh, make her take slow-mo and then he judges her and he throws her out a window she falls for a very long time very very cool scene where she falls um one thing that i thought was a very nice touch is as her head hits the ground it's a red x that splits off that looks like dread's red x on his mask which i really liked uh and then at the very end obviously the rookie passes you know like d- passes her thing and dread is kind of shown like oh yeah you know he's got a little bit of a heart he passes her yep so um it, it is pretty cool some interesting points about this um was directed by pete travis who did a movie called Vantage Point, if you remember that one. Oh, it was i was kind of do. crappy. And then a lot of TV stuff. And then it was written by Alex Garland, who wrote Twenty Eight Days Later, Sunshine, and then the aforementioned Ex Machina and Annihilation, which he both directed both of, too, so people know him a lot more than that. Um he purportedly directed a lot of this. Um supposedly uh Travis and and um Garland had kind of an agreement where they would kind of Mix the the directing pieces together. Then I guess um, Travis had a little bit of a falling out with some of the studio, so he did none of the editing. It was all Alex Garland, and for a while Garland actually sued for directorial credit. Uh, and they ended up coming to an agreement out of it. He didn't take the directorial credit, and then he and Travis issued a joint um, a joint uh, explanation, basically just saying like joint statement saying, "Hey, Travis directed it. I did not do. You know, Garland didn't do it, but he did have a lot of input on it." Um, duncan jones turned down directing it he was the guy who directed moon if you're aware of that one and a few other things too but that's the one i know him from um the so uh urban was is a apparently a huge huge fan of the comic as well uh and lobbied super hard for the part and according to garland when he interviewed him he said that uh, he knew dread backwards and forwards and was like yep this is the guy who will play it um and he then actually this was this was one that that just I thought was crazy. Carl Carl Urban actually lobbied for fewer lines for dread cuz he thought it was better part of the character. So the one freaking star in Hollywood that was like, "Nah, I should have fewer lines in this movie. Didn't want more. Just thought it would be better toward the character."
1: Yep. So and I do have that in a note here where he, Carl Urban great. He was fantastic. He he was a good Great. I don't want to say great, but he was a really good judge. Dredd. He was. He was definitely. Uh, but he, it, it, even today, he's not a name. He's not going to sell no. tickets. Carl Urban at the time had done, um, he was Bones in the Star Trek movies. Uh, uh, he was, what, Eowyn in The Lord yeah. of the Rings. He was the, the writers of Rohan. He was the head writer of Rohan. Exactly. Like, I- exactly. No, he's not a household name. If you know him He was recently, in the movie Red
0: with yeah. Bruce Willis and all those guys, which exactly. was another great comic book. Exactly. Like, he, he definitely still is not a, a household name, but a guy you would probably recognize. Yes. yes.
1: So this movie with a budget of $35 million compared to a $70 million, did a worldwide of forty one million, which is domestic only thirteen yeah, so. which which again is just a huge shit and you're talking I mean at least Lena Heedley from game I mean she's the Game of Thrones was out this oh, was yeah. this was she's a more of a household name where Carl urban you can't sell tickets, yeah, based on it's proof that you can put out a a pretty good comic book movie. But you have to have somebody who can sell tickets, and Carl Urban, I just don't think was still and still is not someone that's going to sell a hundred million dollars plus worth of tickets.
0: Well, and something that's interesting in there too is um, it, it it reportedly made over like well over twenty million on home video, so it's become a bit of a hit yes. posthumously then, um, because they're able to. It's gotten a bit of a, a cult following. Um so those I mean th- that's our kind of general discussion of the two movies. Um now we're going to actually go into a quick breakdown of just how we're judging them to see uh, you know compare and contrast the two movies. Um so we're going to break this down doing five different categories. Uh we have cast, acting, direction and script, production value and then the enjoyment value of them. Um so breaking this down first cast um going back to Judge dread um I I I think this is going to be an interesting one uh, for me because so we look at the cast. We were just ta- we were just talking. about. it's a great segue. The cast of Dread. Um, you have uh, Lena. She's she's great and. She's the biggest draw in this movie. I mean, definitely is. Uh, for, and most people don't even know her name. Hilariously enough, they just know her as Cersei from Game of Thrones. Correct. Um, you know, Carl Urban we just mentioned not a big draw. Olivia Thirlby has not been in a huge amount of movies. Um, there's Donald Gleason is good but not like huge. The the, um, the this is a true testament to it. I can't even think of his name. But the the prisoner that they hold the whole time. He's again he's been in a few things. There's. Just, there's not really big star power in there right then you compare that back to, to dread i mean or judge dread judge dread has stallone schneider um diane lane you know jurgen proc now scott miller See, Schneider's and, the only still like like holding the, it back
1: from like almost the near perfect score for what it was for me like and, and you I, know
0: and the funny thing is is that even if you do uh, i don't like schneider even if you didn't like schneider it, dude's still a big name like even today yeah. people still know who he is even though oh. he hasn't done Anything.
1: I mean, again, you have James Earl Jones so you you starting the Jones, whole yeah. thing off. I yeah.
0: mean, and, yes. Adrian Barbeau doing that. I mean, like, as much as it pains me to say this, Judge Dredd had the better cast. Oh, hands down. It is. Hands down. It is a poorly utilized cast. Yes. But Judge Dredd has the better cast. Hands like, down. Like, just, I can't, I can't, I can't. There's, there's no comparison anything. to the cast. Sorry. I, I can't. Um, so then moving into the acting part, this is where well, we can get to flip it <laughs> a little bit because. You got all those actors. You've got Stallone and Armand Asante just chewing the scenery, as I mentioned before. I mean, these guys are just oh god, ugh. they just—I can't even think about it. Um, it. Which kind of fits in the in the vein of a of a of a sort of campy comic book movie, but it's just it's just too much. It's just way too much. And Jurgen Prochnow and Max von Sydow are doing what they can with a god awful script. Diane Lane—I mean, bless her heart, she's she's good, but I mean. There's not much he can work with there. No, Schneider's just dragging us down. I mean, like the as we mentioned before, the rednecks are definitely the best parts of Scott Miller, and uh, you know, like those guys are. Uh, there's just the acting goes to dread. It, it, hands down. I mean, it it's, just, a more, yeah. Redd, it's a less is more. Which especially
1: with Judge Dread, it's a less is more. There, they, the acting did more of the talking in Dread rather than Judge Dread. They, it was just cliche, 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 cliche. Just I am the law. I do you say that. Like it's just no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. Yep. Um. So direction, script. I mean, if, if you haven't, if if you've been listening at all, you know we're gonna go with Dread on this one. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it it is better. Um. The one thing I will grant, Judge Dread, is that there is di- there's directing talent there. You can tell the guy. You can you can see glimpses of what the director was going for there. It's just so overshadowed by Stallone being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm.
1: Just... I'm gonna. I'm gonna just. I can't. I can't give the directing any credit. I can't do it. I can't. Um, I was nice enough with the angel scene. <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh, production value. Uh, it, it, dread. <sighs> oh, we've got it. He's got it. I can see an internal conflict right
1: oh, now. Judge, <laughs> see, Judge Dread was was actually pretty good at production value. They had... It wasn't bad. It definitely wasn't Dredd bad. Dread took place in one building in the span of one day. Yeah. It was one building, and yeah. it looked like a, a, an old, you know, hotel that they yeah. gutted out. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas at least Judge Dredd gave you more city. They gave you the desert. They gave you different. It was more scenes, world world building. More in there. worldly building. Um, some of it was not well done. But again, I tried, I do try and put myself in for 1995. Yeah. Was the true. production value better than Judge Dreadford 2012? yes all right i in my opinion I do think that the the production of judge dread yeah. was better that's all right fair fair enough given yeah. how much I slammed the fucking costumes <laughs> um I'm, I'm gonna go with judge dread all right all right uh enjoyment
0: value dread so i I agree um i I have to go dread um I will also freely admit that there was a part of me that really enjoyed watching Judge Dredd. It is so bad. <laughs> no. It is. I. This is just, I mean, this is me. I just, I love the bad, bad movies like this. Um. I. It, it, definitely, it's Dredd. It's Dredd. I, I mean, I enjoyed Dredd much more, but it's just Judge Dredd has these, these stupid things for me that I just, I really
1: love. Sylvester Stallone constantly talks like he's waiting for an applause. Like every <laughs> line is like, I am the law. And then there's like a pause for like, should we be pause? Should we be clapping?
0: Are you Are you positing that you think that Stallone thought he was pandering to an audience, like he was in a stage production or something? He might
1: have been. It just really felt that way of like, uh, I am the law, and then we'll wait, and then we'll be like, but now we need to go and run, and then there's like a pause, and He's, he's doing like the high school, like
0: overwrought, like hand gestures of the come, let us go this way and panic. <laughs> yes, it was. It,
1: it was, it was, it was hard as for as many times as <laughs> I rewatched it. It was really hard to watch, it, it was not enjoyable. Um, okay. <laughs> there is a place in Hollywood, I, I even do have in the, here in my notes. Because again, I don't want him showing up at my house. Um, there is a place in Hollywood for Rob Schneider. I'm sorry that I dogged you this hard. Um, if they, you know, if they remake the Waterboy, I hope you're in it. Um, but, but this was this wasn't your movie, bud, and it made it hard.
0: Uh, and just as a, so I, I mean. We're, we're definitely going to. Dread gets the gets the the nod with uh, with his, with these criteria. Um, just a couple of notes on these. Uh, we mentioned what the budgets were and what the actual box office was for them. Um, so, uh, Dread opened in 1995. It was. Uh, it, it opened very poorly it was actually beaten on its opening weekend by the power rangers movie which Fantastic. is also potential fodder for this podcast because that is the original like power rangers cast uh, in there um the top three movies that year for 1995 were toy story at number one batman forever at number two and then apollo 13 at number three uh dread ended up coming in at uh, 52 Um, Power Rangers ended up at number 45. And the aforementioned Die Hard with a Vengeance that the director turned down was actually 10th that year for 95. Uh, And then Dread in 2002, uh, like I said, it came in 6th opening weekend, which is not a good opening, not at all. Um, Top three for that year were Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, and Hunger Games. So people were obviously into comic book movies, just not this one, unfortunately.
1: I don't know if they were willing. I think the first one was so bad that I think people were just not... Willing to give it a, a another go,
0: and just in case you guys are wondering what the, how these movies fared um, with critics, uh, <clears throat> when we go on Rotten Tomatoes, you look at Judge Dredd from nineteen ninety five. Yikes! Rotten Tomatoes has this sitting at a, a, a stellar seventeen percent on the Tomatometer. Yeah, that sounds about um, right for the critics. About thirty percent for audience uh, versus Dread. Dread. Interestingly enough, I I knew it was fairly well. Um, revered but not this well um it is certified fresh it's 78 percent by critics and it actually beats the audience score of only 72 percent interesting um so i mean that's that's what the critics were thinking um one of the things that i wanted to talk to paul about uh with this is we obviously that's an easy way to judge what the critics think about it um i wanted to figure out what the hell do real people think about this? So that, um, I task Paul, and this is going to be a regular thing here on the show, um, I task Paul with finding his favorite one-star and favorite five-star reviews of these movies. Um, so we'll start with Judge Dredd. Give me your favorite five-star review of Judge Dredd.
1: So, um this one was oh it it was there wasn't many of them um i'm just gonna give you uh kind of some highlights of this one uh Drudge, drudge is about the law stallone gets that point across behind the icy stair lies a heart of gold and stallone shows that as well the special effects may seem a bit cheesy at some points but overall they stand up to the test of time Now, while I gave this a good production score, that is false. (laughs) A few critics said Stallone's performance was a bit over the top, to which I can say that that is false for a comic book movie. There is no way to bring this character to the big screen without being over the top. Um, Just like Rocky, uh, his memorable, (laughs) excuse me, Just like Rocky, his body language says as much about the character as by what he says. This is a fun movie, lots of action and sci-fi touches. I guess you can call it a sleeper classic.
0: all right. I think I might have actually read that one, too, when I was looking for, (laughs) for mine of these. Um i had i had three five-star reviews that i couldn't decide between i am gonna i I have decided now but i want to give you a couple of highlights from some of these um two of them are very short one of them is just titled genius movie um it just the one thing (laughs) it says this is the best thing that has ever happened to me (laughs) and it ends with this was pure einstein i'm not going to read the rest of it that one was pretty good um this other one is just titled propensity with an exclamation point (laughs) And it says, all hail Judge Dread, Judge, Jury, and Genius, and it ends with, <laughs> this movie cleansed my mind, body, and soul, and then just, immortal, exclamation point. Wow. Um, but my pure, my true favorite, those were both just ones that I kind of wanted to highlight in here, my true favorite, this one's a little long, um, so I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read through this, because <laughs> this is, this is very much along the lines that you had to, so this is a five star review, um, it's titled, I Am The Law. The career of a Hollywood star goes through various ups and downs. This excellent film came out at a point in Stallone's career when it was simply his turn to get reviewed harshly by the Hollywood community. He was getting older, his career drifted considerably, and another sly action picture was simply going to be a very hard sell. It took a much undeserved whipping when it was released. As I say, that is a real shame because Judge Dredd is one of the best comic book adaptations to ever cross into film. It perfectly captures the 70s, 80s British comic book about a futuristic cop who reigns reigns supreme, given power to arrest, judge, and execute wrongdoers in a world gone rampant with crime. This was a big-budget production, and the sets and special effects are magnificent. The story is extremely engaging, and it is packed with great action. The film really doesn't take a misstep throughout. Um... There's some other ones. He talks about the supporting performances in here. When temper flares, everybody's jumps back. The old veteran, Max von Saito displays a pro's commitment to his portrayal, which no, he doesn't. Um, then, then it ends this way. Amazon reviews got it completely wrong. Their condescending review was a typical of the kinder reviews given when the kind of reviews... He says typical of the kinder reviews, but it's kind of reviews when the film is released. There is certainly no need to lower your expectations to enjoy this film. You will do just fine if you come to this picture expecting great things. This guy fucking loves wow. Judge Dredd and really fancies himself. I want to write about
1: something, anything, the way that
0: guy wrote about <laughs> Judge Dredd. That was why I chose it. And this was, by the way, this was written in 2004. Even this is better. This is not ironic.
1: So nine years <laughs> after the movie came out, this guy decided to sit down in the birth of what is probably now awesome internet. Yep. I mean, social media wasn't a thing, so I get it. Like, this guy had to sit down and write some reviews. Yep. Um,
0: so... Given that, what
1: is your favorite one star review of Judge? Oh, Dread? this will be quick. Uh, zero out of five, entitled Don't Believe the Hype. Uh, the other <laughs> what reviews. Hype? Exactly. The other reviews would lead you to believe that this film should not be mistaken for poop. The other reviews are wrong. This movie should not only be mistaken for, but is in fact poop. That's it. <laughs> If you thought that was short,
0: (laughs) allow me to share with you my favorite one-star review of Judge Dredd. It is titled, One Star. He took off his mask, you can't take that, do Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) By the way, Hollywood is two words. Hollywood.
1: Fantastic.
0: That was my favorite one star review. Oh,
1: so what's your what's your what's your five star for so my favorite, dread?
0: My favorite five star for dread is this. I could I for whatever reason I read this and I just couldn't stop laughing. So I'm just gonna press preface this. Um the username is Fart in all caps. The title of it's this review acronym. is Check It Out, and it just says, not bad. <laughs> five stars. Fan.
1: Fantastic. Two words.
0: Not bad. Five stars.
1: Awesome. (laughs) Mine is is entitled uh, Great, Dark, Gritty Movie uh, from a verified purchase. Um, I know this movie flopped at the box office, but I enjoyed it. It was extremely gritty, bloody, noisy, with tons of bullets flying, but it was definitely not boring. Seeing as how the lovely Lena Headley or seeing how the lovely Lena Headey from Game of Thrones was transformed into a skeletal, skanky-looking crackhead was something to behold. <laughs> so that's why I picked this, because skanky-looking crackhead. Um, the seating, or the setting was wow. The setting was gritty, dark, dirty, and dank. Uh, Wow. makes you want to take a shower after watching it which is actually <laughs> kind of true like it, it's that dirty um this is not a movie for everyone but i understand why it didn't do better at the box office i like carl urban as an actor and felt he delivered a great performance enjoyed the movie and highly recommend it all
0: right um <clears> that's a pretty good that's a pretty decent review actually. that's not, not bad. bad i uh, picked it because skanky to, looking crackhead made me laugh to quote my favorite review not bad not bad <laughs> i just love that it's a five-star review not bad yeah not bad. you know what shrug not bad um it's very larry david yeah <laughs> it is so uh my favorite one-star review of dread one star title don't like it uh <laughs> the review the people who has been killed in the movie is more than any real war in the world. Go on. No, no, that's it. That's <laughs> Fantastic. It. This man, or, or, or woman, uh, is through very bad grammar complaining that they don't like this movie because more people have been killed in it than any real war in the world. Yikes. I don't think that's true either. I don't have the facts in front of me, but... I think that's still not true. <laughs> yeah.
1: What about your one-star review for Dread? Oh, man. Um, brings up South Africa a couple times, so it's <laughs> interesting. We got, like, an apartheid uh, uh,
0: stuff going on here?
1: Uh, it's called Pass On It, unless you're a fan of this tripe. Uh, tripe? Yeah, they, yeah, big, big, small words. Um, let's see. Okay. I was very bored when I decided to watch this movie. I didn't expect much since I knew this version, or knew this and the version with Stallone's were takeoffs of comic book series. So, already particularly not a comic book fan. Yeah. Yeah. Practically the entire movie takes place inside. What is in reality an old university building in what I believe is Johannesburg, South Africa.
0: I believe they are correct. They are correct. I (laughs) looked that
1: up. The choice of buildings and location makes sense for a movie about a very dystopian future like Joburg. uh, Literally wrote Joburg is one of the most violent cities on the face of the earth. Awesome. Uh, the bomb doors they are I'm doing quotes if you can't see me but they yeah. put this in quotes the bomb doors and so on are of course CGI uh, yeah yep, they are uh, the film's plot revolves around the again in quotes superhero cop slash judge dread, and his female psychic rookie assistant who become trapped inside While well, they're basically outlining what we just said while trying to meet out Quotes, justice against a gang of illegal drug peddlers who are actually run the whole building. Uh, Much of this, let's see, I'm going to skip to some of the fun parts because they're just reciting the plot. As in regards to the acting, it is typical B movie level. And then again, one has to consider the script they were given to work with. The plot is simple. Shoot the bad guy. No, really, it's that simple. Any blood? Buckets of it everywhere. Heads blown off in glorious colors and arms being shot off. It was even shown in 3D in the theaters in July of 2012. In this film, the quote unquote judges are judge, jury, and executioner all rolled in one. God help us if this were ever to become a reality. Watch it if you like blood, gore, and no real plot. I am told the fans of the comic book series loved it whatever
0: that guy needs to quote learn how to fucking use
1: quotes and quote i just really appreciated that he actually ended it with <laughs> whatever. whatever period <laughs> it would the only I, thing that would have made that better is if whatever was in quotes
0: <laughs> i feel like that person thinks that this is a legitimate reality that could happen like that that Threat is is imminent for us or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> those were, whew, those are some some winners that we pulled out there. Um, well, so we had the ratings and reviews here. Um, the last thing that we're just gonna do here, um, Paul, final thoughts on watching these uh, these movies. Um, you know, what are your what are your what are your feelings that we may not have uh, touched on yet? And of course, the ever present question. Was that really
1: necessary? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Um, Judge Dredd, I, it was a, a younger childhood movie that I remember way more than I should. Um, it was still to this day not good. Uh, Judge Dredd was more true to the essence of Judge Dredd and who he was, while maybe not bringing in some of the main characters as in-your-face so I think to answer the question was dread necessary? Uh fucking lutely it was. Um not only to uh redeem the pile of shit that was Judge Dread, but also to show that the people who were upset with Judge Dread that we we know it like we're sorry. Yeah. We're gonna give we're, we're gonna give you this um, the only thing that I'm not disappointed in is that they they apparently don't want to do any more sequels
0: yeah uh, yeah they're they are doing a TV series though
1: again the only <laughs> disappointment is that they don't want to do any more uh, um I mean again if it's on the CW I'm gonna lose my mind but you know give me give me a Showtime or HBO and we'll talk um, but uh, again Zach I, I I want to hear you know your final <laughs> thoughts uh, and again to you you uh, was that really necessary
0: so uh like i said this uh, i i discovered part of the way into this movie was the first time watching judge dread um or as i like to call it uh judge-alition man (laughs) dread um it was it was oh what could have been with that movie if that if the director had been able to make the movie that he wanted to um which is why dread was made because there was a director that actually wanted to make it and a writer and a, and a fucking Judge Dredd that actually wanted to make a Judge Dredd movie. Um, so was it necessary? Good God, yes, because there's just so much there, there's there's so much to explore with that comic and there's so much potential there that it just needed to be done. So it, it's an interesting start to a series where we're talking about was a sequel or prequel or remake or reboot necessary um, because I think most people universally feel that they aren't, whereas, I mean, I gotta, I got we uni- unanimously agree that this was necessary. It absolutely was. Yes. So.
1: This was, yeah, this was, this was. Ad- you may not again. It, you may not have known it was necessary up until what or listening to this, but now, now you know this was necessary. This Go was watch necessary. it. <laughs> um. So yeah,
0: highly recommend watching Dread. It is very violent, though. Uh, most of the one star reviews were either about how the DVD didn't come or come properly, or people were not prepared for its violence. So if you are going to watch Dread, be Be prepared for that, Um, but it is artistically very interesting. Uh, Judge Dredd, do not recommend. Don't watch it unless you are like me and you enjoy torturing yourself, I guess, really. Next week, we will be staying in 1995 with the classic Jumanji and then taking a look at Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle as a nice little sequel look at what happens when studios wait a really long time to finally make a sequel to a movie like that so for was that really necessary i'm zach buell and i'm paul Avishan. and thanks for listening we will see you next week